up? It's The Rant. My name is Jeff Rackliff, and it is Monday, December 13th. Did you punch that ticket to the fantasy football playoffs? I did, it looks like, in enough leagues where I'm going to be happy. There was only legitimately one league where I did not have a shot, and boy, did I not have a shot in that one league, a 14-teamer that mm, didn't go very well for me this year. Uh, But I still tried to play the spoiler, and I won this week in that league, so I can hang my hat on that. Uh, Hopefully, though, you are set up because we are going to continue to roll straight on through the Fantasy Championship with our regular routine. Of course, we'll switch things up after we get to that point, but we aren't there just yet. Uh, So, let's dive into the action and recap what we saw yesterday across the NFL. We'll start with Baltimore and Cleveland, of course. Bad news on the Baltimore side. Lamar Jackson was banged up early. It doesn't appear to be a major injury, but the timing of this was pretty bad, of course. Uh, We did see a lot of Devonta Freeman. Yet again, 18 touches for him. He has clearly emerged as the guy in that backfield. It's not great. But it's not bad either. I just keep saying that about Devonta Freeman. Uh, He's RB21 for the week so far. That's not terrible. The world needs RB2s as well. Uh, Marquise Brown, eight targets. Eight targets as well for Rashad Bateman. Goes seven for 103 in this one. Uh, Bateman really looking good. I mean, there's no denying his talent. Uh, We just saw the offense sputter a little bit. And I don't think having, by the way, Tyler Huntley out there changes anything. Uh, it's not like, oh, it was Lamar all along. Nah, I don't think so. It's just a little bit up and down, but Bateman's arrow for dynasty purposes certainly pointing up. Uh, and of course, Mark Andrews is freaking awesome. On the Cleveland side, another injury here, uh, Kareem Hunt dealing with an ankle injury. I don't think this is a major injury, but even if he misses a game, that's obviously good for Nick Chubb, as we already know. Uh, Chubb would command a little bit more of the work. Uh, This was, no doubt about it, a tough matchup. 17 for 59 for Chubb. Did catch three balls, only six yards, but will take the extra 3.6 points in a PPR. Not a good fantasy outing for him overall. Of course, Ernest Johnson would have some extra value if Kareem Hunt does miss any extended time. Perhaps the easiest call of the week for me was that Austin Hooper was going to see a lot of work here. They essentially were scraping the bottom of the barrel with Miller Forrestal, who wasn't even drafted. I mean, not that he he didn't go to a chump change college, but still wasn't even drafted out there uh, with no Njoku, with no Harrison Bryant. So he catches five for 30 and a touchdown. Really solid streaming option and probably the easiest player prop over in history. Uh, and then he had uh, he had a touchdown reception early from Jarvis Landry. Five for 41 and a score is not terrible. And same with five for 90 for Donovan Peoples-Jones. Uh, overall, somewhat of a lackluster game, though, for fantasy purposes outside of maybe Mark Andrews. Speaking of lackluster, Jacksonville, Tennessee. Well, on the Jacksonville side, man, has Urban Meyer figured out how to completely destroy all value from James Robinson or sap all value, I guess, destroy his value. James Robinson had six freaking touches in this game for four yards. A dreadful day. For him, and he was out there. It's not. It wasn't a matter of oh, he was benched. No, it wasn't that this week. It was just a dreadful game. It was really a dreadful game almost across the board. Maybe Marvin Jones is a wide receiver three for the Jags if you happen to use him. But we're almost in the territory of we can't use any of these guys for fantasy purposes, which is just absolutely brutal. On the other side, uh, early touchdown from uh, Deontay Foreman. 
13 for 47 in the score on the ground, 2 for 15 as a receiver. That's a top 15 week as of right now, so that's not too shabby. We actually saw a three-headed monster here, though. Full-blown committee. Foreman, 23 snaps. McNichols, 27 snaps. And then Hilliard, 24. McNichols had eight carries for 16 yards. Hilliard, six for 13. Neither one of them contributing in the passing game. It's going to be a little bit of a headache down the stretch. There was a report out there yesterday about Julio Jones, the team optimistic he'll return by the playoffs or possibly earlier. The advice about him has remained true from the gate. I had said straight up, you could drop him. Way back when this happened, you could drop him because the earliest he's going to be back is the fantasy championship round, and we are not guaranteed to play there. So if you need that spot, I would think about moving on from him. Uh, four for 33 in Julio Jones' return game, so uh, not uh, not too good there. But Ryan Tannehill wasn't terrible. Uh, he had a rushing touchdown. He wasn't good either, but <laughs> if you used him in two quarterback leagues, I guess. Anyway, on to Kansas City and Vegas, and Kansas City put on an absolute clinic in this one. They got out to the big lead early, and ordinarily, you know, some of these games – where it's a it's a big lead type game, I feel like those are just dominated by the backfield. And I guess in some ways this was. I mean, you had a garbage time long touchdown for Derek Gore. You had two scores from Clyde Edwards-Hilaire on the ground. But the nice thing is Mahomes did enough where I don't think he lost you the week. You know, and that's I'm always worried about that when Kansas City blows out an opponent. It's like, oh great, the running backs are gonna have freaking five touchdowns in this. Well, they had three. But he did connect early with Darrell Williams. He obviously also had the touchdown to Josh Gordon. There's no appeal to Josh Gordon. And by the way, Tyreek Hill, overall, yeah, not a great fantasy week, but who cares? It, it, these these games will happen, especially in this game script. Same thing with Travis Kelsey. We just know the ceiling is so freaking high with those guys that it doesn't ultimately matter, uh, and we're not going to freak out. On the Raiders' side, uh, Josh Jacobs comes back to earth. I mean, the game strip was really terrible almost across the board with one notable exception, of course, that being Hunter Renfro, 13 for 117 in a score. He was just fine. Uh, Jacobs, by the way, did have five catches. Another game with heavy involvement there. He's RB22, so I guess it's, it could be worse. Outside of that, Foster Moreau, three for 13. He wasn't getting it done. Hopefully, Darren Waller will be back here for the start of the fantasy football playoffs. Uh, so there you go. Uh, let's do a quick break. We'll come back. Do we have to talk about Dallas and Washington? Yes, we do. That is right after the break. Uh, well, you know, Dallas and Washington. Let's start on the Dallas side because, boy, was this a frustrating game uh, for a couple of reasons. I mean, Dak Prescott, I had him in a key spot in a super flex league. He did not put up. The fantasy points I was hoping. I thought this was going to be a big day for him against that Washington defense, but they have really righted the ship on the defensive side of the ball. He goes 211 in a score, seven for 15. He actually looks pretty spry, though, which is encouraging. But who would have saw Corey Clement out touching Ezekiel Elliott in this one? And it was a weird game for Zeke. So he was 12 for 45 on the ground. Okay, whatever. But you expected no Pollard. All right, he's got a three down roll. He should touch the ball a ton. We had six targets. He only caught one of them, so it was an anomaly in, in some ways with that. Normally, if, if Zeke has six targets, I expect at least four catches, only one for him, so it was a it was a down week. It only gets worse for the people who hate on Ezekiel Elliott because they're going to be like, see, I told you, but that's where we are with that. Uh, Amari Cooper um, catches a touchdown, so 
you got a top 20 week out of him. C.D. Lamb, though, led the team in targets with 10. Seven for 61 for Lamb. Not the best day for him, and certainly not the best day for Dalton Schultz. One for four. Yikes. Uh, on the other side, well, you know, and, and that was a weird game script kind of game as well, I guess. So it certainly impacted Washington. We didn't get the full complement of Antonio Gibson that we normally do, but there's no, it's just not, let's, let's not go back to the shin thing, okay? He had 10 carries. We saw Jonathan Williams and Jared Patterson each get four. So he still was dominating. Of course, Jonathan Williams scores a touchdown, which is freaking awesome. Uh, two for five as a receiver for Gibson, not his best outing. At receiver, Terry McLaurin was banged up in this one. Put up a goose egg, which is, well, not good timing. Let's put it that way. Taylor Heineke also banged up in this one. Ricky Seals-Jones and John Bates kind of split the work at tight end. Seals-Jones did have four targets, but only caught one for eight. So not a very good streamer, right? They're all around not a good day for Washington. Atlanta and Carolina. Atlanta has some fight. They do. Uh, and they're not just rolling over this season. Overall, is it the best Atlanta team we've ever seen? Certainly not, but they do have that fight, and they do have Cordero Patterson, who scored in this one, put up another top 20 week, 15, or 16, that is, for 58 and a score, caught two of five targets for one yard, whatever. Uh, Mike Davis sighting, though, 11 for 44, and then five for 42 as a receiver, top 20 week for Mike Davis. Kyle Pitts' remarkable rookie season continues, and you can tell me I'm wrong all day long, but I don't care about the freaking touchdowns. Of course, Hayden Hurst scores the touchdown, so we got Gesicki there. But uh, Kyle Pitts, 5 for 61, another solid outing. I'm not worried about him. Russell Gage looked like he was going to have a huge day, and then he kind of disappeared in the second half. Goes 4 for 64 uh, there. On the Carolina side, I guess we were going like the Spurrier route here. We, we had two quarterbacks playing in this one. And that was apparently game plan. Uh, Cam Newton ends up being fine for fantasy purposes. Exactly what I had said kind of all week. Like he can, he'll run the ball for 10 plus times. He'll get 40, 50, 60 yards. We had 47 in this one. If he scores a touchdown, he's going to be a fine fantasy option. And it's exactly what he did with 178 passing yards and no scores through the air. So there was that. Chuba Hubbard got in the end zone, but only 10 for 33 on the ground. And as I was worried about, no involvement in the passing game. None. Amir Abdullah had four targets, caught two for 17. So there was that. Uh, but, you know, whatever. Hubbard was a flex option. Uh, Robbie Anderson showing up here just when it matters for everybody. He goes seven for 84 in the score, six for 84 for DJ Moore. Not a terrible week. I know the fantasy numbers aren't great, uh, but not a terrible week there for DJ Moore. All right, on to New Orleans and the Jets. Uh, on the New Orleans side, Taysom Hill doesn't have to throw the ball to be an effective fantasy option. 11 for 73 and two scores on the ground. Not the best schedule down the stretch for him, but he's still going to be in the quarterback one conversation. And really, other than him, it was just Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara, 31 touches, 120 on 27 carries, and a score as a runner. Four for 25 as a receiver. That's pretty good. That's what we waited for right there. As far as the Jets are concerned, well, uh, there really isn't much doing here. I do think that, generally speaking, we need to give Zach Wilson the benefit of the doubt. I don't think we can just completely write him off after a, a really rough year. He was handed 
uh, you know, he's handed, uh, generally speaking, a bad hand to start, and he's played as good as he possibly can <laughs> in that situation, but not good here. And by the way, the backfield was a mess too. Ty Johnson and LaMichael Pirine splitting the work, uh, and neither one of them proving to be particularly effective. Uh, so let's go on to our next contest. Uh, which is Seattle and Houston. On the Seattle side, Rashad Penny. This is why you listen to the rant with Jeff Radcliffe. I basically banged the drum for him as the best option in that backfield. Now, as we know all too well, just because I bang a drum for a player doesn't mean that NFL coaches are going to do anything about it. But in this instance, they did. Penny led the backfield, not only in fantasy scoring, but more importantly in snaps. 35 snaps for him, just 14 for Alex Collins. He is clearly ahead of him, and after this performance, we can see why. I mean, the only thing that is going to hold us back for Rashad Penny is if he gets hurt. And here, I knock on on wood there. Hopefully that won't happen, okay? 16 for 137 and two scores for him. Awesome breakout week. He will be the top player mentioned tomorrow on the Waiver Podcast. Uh, Tyler Lockett, big game. DK Metcalf, not so much. Hey, DK Metcalf has upside. We know that. It's just it hasn't come to fruition in a while, but we have to keep going back to the well with him. It's unfortunate. It's a roller coaster ride, and it's been more down than up down the stretch and vice versa for Tyler Lockett, but this is just the way it goes. And I thought Russ looked okay in this one, which is certainly encouraging. Now, It really does help the cause when you face Houston. And on the Houston side of things, well, I mean, one thing has been essentially a constant through the season is that essentially the only player you can start is Brandon Cooks. And he had a solid game here, 8 for 101. I mean, overall, that's a top 12 week as of right now. So that is good. The backfield was a mess with uh, Royce Freeman (laughs) kind of leading the way. Oh, boy. Yes, we are at the Royce Freeman part of the season. He had six catches for 51. I guess we'll have to talk about him tomorrow, but David Johnson not playing did open the door. So there's not much there. Brevin Jordan getting in the end zone. I think the future is bright for Brevin Jordan. I did like him coming into the league here this year. So there is that, but not much for uh, redraft purposes. Detroit and Denver. Well, Jamar Jefferson. Yeah, that... um, See, what had happened was... (laughs) It was Craig Reynolds who ends up taking the lead in the backfield. Unheralded UDFA out of the Pennsylvania State Athletic Conference. PSAC, baby. Craig Reynolds, 11 for 83. Craig Reynolds is a pretty good player. I think he should have a spot on a roster somewhere if it's not Detroit going forward. Uh, But we'll see. Um, Probably not much here for waiver purposes. But he was kind of the only show in town. I mean, Amon Ronsay Brown did have another big volume day, so there is that. Uh, eight for 73, but this was a mess for injuries. You had no Hawkinson. You had the backfield completely banged up. So, yeah, not much doing there. On the Denver side, Melvin Gordon got back, and, uh, well, they went right back to exactly how they've been using these guys all along. Now, fortunately for us this week, they played – they played Detroit. So both Gordon and Javante Williams, top 10 fantasy options. Uh, Gordon, 24 for 112, or 111, that is, and two scores. And then Williams, 15 for 73 and a score, one for 10 and a score, both top 10s. But the problem, of course, is Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams, basically 50-50 split in terms of usage. 34 snaps for Gordon, 33 snaps for Williams. Um We'll keep an eye on Albert O. I don't think that there's much here. You know, he did outscore Noah Fant. 
And Fant was a little dinged up during this one, but I, I didn't see him actually come out of the game. He looked like he was limping at a point during the game. Uh, regardless, I'm going to watch that one back after the pod today. Uh, I just think this is a one-week blip. I think people are going to look at it. They're going to say, oh, Albert O had 15.1 PPR points. We got to pick him up. And I don't think there's much doing there. Unfortunately, the wide receivers just aren't working for fantasy purposes. I think it's just a wait until next year. Cortland Sutton had one freaking catch for nine yards on two freaking targets. Not good. And yes, freaking. Uh, New York Giants, Los Angeles Chargers. The Chargers did not end up being a good uh, defensive play, but offensively, Justin Herbert continued to roll three passing scores for him. One to Guyton, one to Josh Palmer, who was my DFS punt of the week, and one to Jared Cook. Austin Eckler was dinged up in this one. We're waiting to see the severity. It doesn't look like a major injury, but... It could be a mild high ankle, which would be could be one or two weeks. So we'll see. If he does miss time, it will be a split between Justin Jackson and Joshua Kelly. I think Jackson is slightly more preferred, but neither is especially preferable right there. On the Giants side, pretty easy call that Saquon was going to have a decent day. It's such a favorable matchup, so not surprising that he goes out there and really has his best fantasy performance of the season. 16 for 64 on the ground, eh but three for 31 and a touchdown as a receiver. Saw some Booker in this one as well. Booker Booker ran hard on the ground, eight for 56 on the ground. Caught four balls, too, for 28 yards. It's just a tough scenario when Mike Lennon's your quarterback. And to be fair, he did throw two passing scores in this one, but none of them to the wideouts. And really, the wideouts in general, just bad plays here in uh, that contest. San Francisco and Cincinnati... Uh, Joe Mixon did not practice all week and ended up not being especially uh, an especially good play for fantasy purposes in this one, but I'm not going to panic here uh, by any means. 18 for 58. I think the 18 is the most important thing. He did have 20 touches because he had two additional catches, so don't freak out there. This one was all about Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. Higgins, 5 for 114. Chase, 5 for 77, but two scores. Could have been three scores in this one for Chase. He was a monster and helped propel Joe Burrow to a decent enough week where he's top 10 for the week. On the San Francisco side, well, uh, you know, not having Elijah Mitchell, that stunk stung me uh, in a particular league, in a home league. But I think I'm going to get by. I think I'm going to be okay. It stung, though, a little bit. But as expected, Jeff Wilson did get basically all of the work. He got all of the work in early downs besides uh, what Debo Samuel did. But... 13 for 56, not going to get it done for fantasy purposes. Jermichael Hasty, no carries, but caught three balls. Brandon Ayuk had six for 62 and a score. Solid game for him. And Debo, as I mentioned, really, I mean, they're using him a lot on the ground. Eight for 37 and had the rushing score. Only one catch for 22 yards. That put a damper on his uh, fantasy performance, though, unfortunately. But, uh, yeah, buried the lead. George Kittle, <laughs> he, he pretty much got all the work, so that was part of the problem. For Debo, 13 catches on 15 targets for a buck 51 and a score. Kittle is surging down the stretch just at the right time for a lot of folks. Buffalo and Tampa Bay. Josh Allen was banged up in this one, but played through the injury, so we'll see what it ends up being. Either way, he rushes for over 100 yards. He's throwing the ball all over the place as well. 308 and two, a 36 point outing for Josh Allen. The touchdowns going to Dawson Knox and Gabriel Davis. Now, Stephon Diggs, not a huge week, but he had 13 targets, so I'm not too worried about him. Devin Singletary leading the backfield. 
and actually not close, but they barely ran the ball. They ran the ball seven times out of their backfield. So, yay. But he caught six for 37, so he was a decent enough play uh, there. And, of course, no Zach Moss. <laughs> awesome. Uh, Tampa Bay, well, playoff Lenny is surging here, right? Leonard Fournette, basically the only show in town for this backfield at this point. 19 for 113 and a score. Four for 19. That's a top five fantasy week yet again. Gronk, solid enough. Five for 62. I'll take it. Evans getting in the end zone. I'll take it. Godwin has 32 targets over the last two weeks. 10 for 105. I thought maybe he wouldn't. No. No, he was just fine. And Brashad Perryman, of course, because... Why not? It's December, and he's in a Bucks uniform, so why not? Tom Brady, another solid outing. All right, let's round it out with Green Bay and Chicago. We'll start on the Green Bay side. Aaron Rodgers, huge, 341-4. and four. He has been awesome over the last three games. Now, he may have... May have may have aggravated the toe injury, so we'll have to keep an eye on that. In terms of the backfield, more AJ Dillon than Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones was the better fantasy play, but AJ Dillon with uh, 15 carries for 71 yards. Uh, Jones five for 35 and a score, three for 30 as a receiver and a score. So better fantasy play, but that was interesting right there and definitely concerning for the stretch run if you have Aaron Jones. Devontae Adams ten for 121 on 13 targets, two scores. Yeah, big day. Al Lazard scored in both games against uh, Chicago, by the way. I played him in uh, in showdown just for that reason right there. All right, uh, Chicago side of things. Well, Justin Fields obviously under center in this one. And, I mean, decent enough fantasy week if you had to roll with him. 224-2, and two, adds 74 on nine carries. So big, big day for him there for fantasy purposes. David Montgomery, not much on the ground, 10 for 42, but chips in six catches for 39 yards, so salvage is a decent enough fantasy week. And uh, at receiver, I mean, Jakeem Grant and Demir Bird were the ones who caught the touchdowns. Um, not particularly appealing <laughs> with those two. You would have wanted it to be Allen Robinson and Darnell Mooney, who combined for three catches for a whopping 33 yards. Awesome. Awesome. Well, you know what else is awesome, though? Waiver Wire. That'll be coming at you tomorrow. I'll set you up with the rankings. In the meantime, at Jeff Radcliffe on Twitter and uh, FTNFantasy.com. Go check it out. All right, I'll catch you on the flip side for another edition of the pod. Playoffs coming, baby. I'm Jeff Radcliffe, and I'm out.